0: Hi guys, and welcome back to the Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Haley. And this week's episode is sponsored by Barcast Audio. So you guys know Barcast Audio as, you know, the seven MB subjects, uh, podcasts like audio lessons, right? Well, guys, now you can get each individual subject a la carte. So you can get contracts, you can get Civ pro you can get Crim Law, you can get evidence in Con Law by itself.
1: Yes, guys, use the code LADIES, L A D I E S, at checkout to get 10% off any of the Barcast audio subjects. With that, you will not only get the audio lectures, flashcards, and workshops, but you will also get the attack sheets. Guys, this is perfect if you're taking a summer class right now, or maybe you're thinking, I just want to get ahead. This is your opportunity to do a little listening and a little learning with Barcast Audio. On that note, since we are talking about
0: prepping for law school and prepping for class, last time we had a solo episode, so just Haley and I, we talked about the LSAT, but all you guys know that the LSAT is not the only thing that you have to worry about to go to law school. Unfortunately, it's not really unfortunately because it's kind of nice to put this stuff together and then get accepted and you feel really great, but it is a process and you actually have to think about it ahead of time. You can't just like apply on a whim because it's stuff that you have to prepare. So we're going to talk about a few things that you need to have in your application package and kind of how we went about it. There's no correct way to go about it. Everyone is different. Everyone's in different situations. But we figured that sharing how we did it could give some insight and maybe help some of you guys out that are stuck. Absolutely. So the
1: first part of the application package would be the personal statement. That is one thing that law school is infamous for is the personal statement. And it's your opportunity to tell the school, you know, a little bit about yourself. You know, if you're a longtime listener, you know, that's one of my favorite questions. Tell me a little bit about yourself. It's your opportunity to basically go through your highlight reel and tell them why you would be a successful law student. Um, I think that that's the best way to go about the personal statement. You just sit down and then once you go through your first draft, you know, you just have... A few people that you trust and that you know are intellectually sound and maybe good at English, uh, take a look at it and do a little revise and editing as a first round, I would say. What about you? So I think
0: I approached mine more like it was a school assignment. I gave myself like three months to start writing it before I applied um, and I, my first few drafts, because I spent, I didn't know what I wanted to write about, I was going to save my part of my story, in quotations, for my diversity statement. I didn't want my personal statement to be like my diversity statement. Um, so I went to the UGA Writing Center, and I made appointments, and I'm sure every college has a writing center. And I met several times, probably like six or seven times with um, one of the grad students there. And she basically helped me edit and, you know, flesh through the ideas. I think it's, I think the hardest part of personal statements is coming up with what you want to write about. Um, Like you can write about like how you would be a successful law student. I went more of the route of why I want to be a lawyer, um, more of like, why I believe justice needs to be served, you know, like why it was so important to me. So that's more along the lines of how I wrote it. And I told a really personal story. So before I even had to turn in my personal statement, like I, I like showed it to a few people and it, it was definitely a personal statement that like, if you read it, you'd probably cry. And that was the reaction I wanted to get out of people because it it really was my story and why I wanted to be a lawyer and I wanted to really share that, you know. And I think it worked because I got into most of my schools.
1: But but do you see how that's literally like exactly what I said? It is your reason you'll be a successful law student. It was basically you telling them, "Hey, here's a little bit about myself."
0: Yeah, but it it wasn't even about being a law student though because it was past that. It was
1: no, I, I mean was, that's I mean A successful law student ultimately is a lawyer, is a successful attorney in the end. I mean, a successful law student is someone who passes the bar and becomes an attorney. So, I mean, yeah, my thing wasn't necessarily about me being a successful law student. I didn't talk about that at all. I'm just saying that's the idea to think about. Why are you going to do this? What's your why? Yeah. Why are you going to be successful? What is your end game? You know, what's your intentions? I mean, you can go, you can say it 80,000 different ways, but in the end, it's all the same thing, right? You're telling them a little bit about yourself because it can't be long. It's not like you're writing a diary novel, right? And you have to be quick and you have to grab their attention. And if that was where you were going with it and you wanted them to feel those true emotions and what you were wanting to convey, that's absolutely that. That was a little bit about yourself. Saying, hey, this is why I'm going to be successful at this. And this is basically why you should take me. That's what you're telling them in your personal statement. And I definitely
0: was the person who was looking up, should I like, be emotional? Should I have a personal statement that conveys these emotions because Mm -hmm. it is a question that a lot of people ask for personal statements Mm -hmm. like if you scroll on reddit people are always saying like is this too much Mm -hmm. i would say like everyone that i had read my personal statement even though i thought it might be too much everyone around me said no Mm -hmm. this is not too much so don't be afraid to really let them know like you know if if it's like that for you right for me it was a super emotional process, you know, but
1: absolutely agree. And I mean, it can be for a lot of people. And I think when you think about why you want to do this and why you want to sacrifice and put in blood, sweat and tears and time and money, a lot of money, it gets emotional. It's hard not to let it. I remember thinking like, okay, why do I want to do this? You know? And when you think about it, and I sat down and thought about it, I mean, it gets you emotional, right? So if you're going down that path and you're feeling like, Oh, like you're saying, should I be emotional? Should I? Yes. I I would say, yes. I said, I would say, tell them your why, tell them your why guys, because I think ultimately there's not much more people can say. Yeah, exactly. And
0: you know how many personal statements that these admissions people have seen? That's like, Oh, i'm a good arguer and everyone yeah everyone said i argue really well when i grew up like no No. like tell them more you have more substance to you that's the thing if you're listening to the podcast you know that we are big proponents like we want people to go to law school because they want to go there they want to be lawyers and like you'll know like you'll know like your why if you can't find your why
1: Think should, about it for a little longer. We should longer. give ourselves some time.
0: Yeah. Think, yeah. About, think about it because if you can't find your why, and I think that's a super important, I'm glad that they make you write a personal statement because mm-hmm. it really gets you thinking like, mm-hmm. is this really my calling? You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's true because it's your whole career. Like this application
1: is setting you up for the rest of your life. Yeah. And it's a trade that you're going to learn and it's going to help you through the rest of your life. Exactly. But also, that's even more of the exact thing that they're looking for. Okay, there's, they're wanting you to tell them, you're going to learn this trade. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to conduct yourself? What's your end game here? What, what makes you you in 2,500 words or less?
0: You know what I'm saying? What makes you you while also carrying out your why? Exactly, right? <laughs> like if
1: you want to do a little formula right yeah, there. Yeah.
0: There you go, go Iraq,
1: right? <laughs> It's, it's a way to, like I said from the beginning, you're just letting them know a little bit about yourself. So the next part of the application package would be letters of recommendation. I get a lot of questions about how many, from who, do you get the letters, um, when, what did you do?
0: Okay. Okay. So obviously, you guys know that I took three like three months for the personal statement. So you can probably guess that I was on doing letters of recommendation way ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Basically, okay. So I was applying to law schools in the spring of my senior year of college, um, like January, right after I took the LSAT, and I was asking for recommendation letters back in August yeah. of my so my fall of my senior year. So full like six months before. And it was more I asked one professor, a professor that I had gotten good grades and, you know, we kind of formed a relationship. I know it's hard with you guys who are an undergrad right now and you had like your last year COVID style, you know, online and it might have been hard to connect with professors, but it doesn't hurt to just reach out to someone who gave you a good grade. Usually you're like, you know, I pretty much said I really enjoyed your class and I felt that it prepared me for what I want to do do you mind meeting with me so we can talk about a letter of recommendation? And then after class one day, we set up a meeting and he asked me, you know, why do you want to be a lawyer? Kind of getting my background so he could write the letter. Obviously I didn't see it before he sent it, but I'm assuming it was decent. And then I... I don't think you're supposed to see it either. Well, okay. So this is where... So there's... Two ways. Okay. For the professor, I definitely didn't see it. Okay. For the employer, because okay. I had one professor and one former employer. For my employer, he was basically like, "Okay, just like tell me what you want me to write, and I'll write it, and then I'll send it." So I just so gave was him super easy. Yeah. So I just gave him p- pointers of like my highlights, like um, I gave him my yeah. resume mm-hmm. stuff like that, and then obviously he was my supervisor at one point, so he knew that like my work ethic. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. So I gave him way more guidance than I had to really my
1: professor, but your professor and you had that meeting. So Mm -hmm. that was his guidance. Mm -hmm. So basically you're going to have to talk with them or give them maybe your why on why you want to go to law school so that they can kind of reiterate that to the admissions.
0: Yeah. And I would say the biggest thing is timing, like get, do it, Ahead Early. of time, because I know like I asked all the way in August mm-hmm. and I didn't get my letter of recommendation until February yeah. when I was literally like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm like applying to schools and you need to like send it. Yeah. So,
1: you know, because it, it, usually you're not their priority. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. And it's a general tip to get it earlier. That's probably the first thing I would do when you decide, OK, I'm going to start my application package is thinking of who you're going to ask and go ahead and start that conversation with them so that you can put their email down, their phone number down, whatever it is that you need to get from them so that they can submit that for you. Because a lot of schools require letters of recommendation. And it's something like Samantha said, you're not their priority. And you have to be respectful of other people's time. So it's really important. I know I asked at least six months ahead of time. And yeah, you have to stay on them to get those letters and get them uh, submitted on time. So obviously
0: you waited to go to law school like two years after undergrad. Mm -hmm. And so you weren't fresh, you know, talking to your professors and all that. So how did you go about that? Did you get a professor or did you just get employers? Like, how do you go about going back and kind of reminding somebody that you were their student?
1: Yeah, no, totally. So, I mean, I think even in undergrad, you have to I'm <laughs> you always have to be fostering relationships. I think that I've always had that front of mind. So with that being said, um my capstone course was with a lady who I really admire and she was getting her Ph or she was getting her masters, she had her PhD. Anyway, she had moved to a different school. And so I just reached out to her and I just said, hey, like, I'm thinking of going to law school. Uh, Would you be willing to write a letter of recommendation? She's like, absolutely. Like, I'd love that. Um, I haven't talked to her in two years. You know, like I found her email online and I just reached out and she was like, sure. Can you send me like your personal statement? And I was like, absolutely. So I sent it over and like, like I said, mine was very much so like my girl power. Like I'm going to do this for all the right reasons. (laughs) And then she read it and wrote it and it was good to go. Um, of course she was on top of it, right? Like very much. So. And I appreciate that about her. Um, my past supervisor, um, I told him, Hey, uh, I want to go to law school. And he was like, Oh wow. I'm so proud of you. You know? And he said, can I also see your personal name? And I was like, sure. So I shared that with him as well. And he was one that I had to stay on top of. Um, I also had another coworker submit a letter of recommendation. Um, I think, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I just did two. Because um, some schools did require three, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I got one more. Um, or I even got it from... That's a good question now that I think about it. It it's feels so like long, long ago. ago. Like It feels like 20,000 yeah. years. Okay. Um, but yeah, I and, and I'm getting it kind of confused with the bar application now that I think about it. I'm like, oh, I put her down and her down and her down. But I'm like, that's not the same thing. So anyways, um, yeah, those are the two I definitely remember. And I had to stay on top of it and ask them early, just like all the same things that you said. Um, I think you need to keep relationships front of mind, like I said being in or out of school, there's going to be people around you. You just might have to grow some cojones and ask them. And the worst thing that they can say is no, and they probably won't say no. So just ask and be like, even offer up your personal statement if they're like, seem hesitant because it makes it easier on them.
0: I would also say that if you're like me and, you know, in undergrad, I was way more like not talking to a you know, raising my hand in class, like that yeah. was even more than it is now, guys. Yeah. Um, So I had to tell myself pretty much when I decided to go to law school, like junior year, like I need to make sure that I have a professor that I can ask. Yes. So if you're an undergrad right now and you're like a junior or even a sophomore or a freshman, start now. Find that person that you want and keep them on your tabs because I wish I, I mean, yeah, my professor was great that I got my recommendation from, But I really look back and I'm like, dang, I could have,
1: like, talked to way more professors. So Don't live it with that regret. I I, I know I always did. When I looked back, I thought, wow, I could have, like, totally gotten along with more professors. But I actually am really glad with what I did. I just think sometimes it's really intimidating.
0: All right. So we talked about personal statement in the letter of recommendation. And most schools are also going to ask for a resume. Now, resumes can look really different, right? Um, I know my resume in college looks way different than my resume in law school, just because like format wise, like I literally had like purple text on my like college um, resume because I worked at like anthropology and I thought it was like fashionable and cool to like have a cool resume. But in like seriously, like I like I think I'm pretty sure I bought an Etsy template for my resume that was like cute. You know, but you can't like use that in the legal world, okay? I'm telling you that right now.
1: Unless you're Elle Woods. Yes, unless you're Elle Woods, was, but still, still, she probably has like her professional resume. No, but remember, it was basic, it was professional just on pink paper. So, you know, okay, I'm not. Well, this is all E, um, as in electronics, <laughs> yeah, you know? That's true. How do <laughs> so, you gonna get a pink?
0: Oh my gosh, like it's literally
1: paper? cringe. So, when <laughs> I
0: sent my resume to my dad, and I was like, hey, does this look good to submit? Uh, he was like, Oh my gosh, like you need he's to change like, that right now. To... He was like, dude, I hope you didn't apply to any schools with this. I was like, I didn't know say? better. Like I didn't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have actually well, I know I think we have the same template. They're all pretty similar. Our law school definitely made us um make resumes. Um, so now we have updated resumes and we can totally upload like a blank template for you guys so you can kind of plug in your stuff. Um, because I think the the format that we have, it's like that one pager that, you know, it's not supposed to be two pages and you're only supposed to have a certain amount of um, jobs listed and stuff like that. Most relevant. So we'll upload a sample resume for you guys and it'll be linked in this
1: episode. You guys can go check that out and use it if you want. Yeah, for sure. And a general rule of thumb is one page is best just because people don't spend much time looking over it. And I know a lot of us have really detailed long resumes, but most of the most of the time it's best to just have a one pager. So if you're like us and you might have had purple text on your resume and you might need a little helping hand with your resume, your letter of recommendation, or even your personal statement, you need to chat with our sponsor.
0: All right, guys. So, everyone knows the big event coming up for 2Ls in the next few weeks. That's right, OCI season. Dun, dun, dun. AKA on campus interviewing is upon us. That one time of year where law firms come to campus to recruit 2Ls for their summer programs. Woo-hoo, guys. For our 2Ls out there, you know it's super competitive, and the first round of decisions are literally based on one 20-minute interview at most schools. So, isn't that scary? So scary. If you're wondering how the heck you sell yourself in 20 minutes to land that
1: job that you really, really want. Okay, well, we have exactly what you need. Miss Angela Vorpal, our good friend and supporter of the podcast, is running a flash sale this week on her signature OCI bootcamp course. The course covers the five phases of preparing for and kicking any butt in any interview that you go to during OCI. She also talks how to level up, your resume, your cover letter, and your writing sample. Guys, this is it. She also includes
0: strategies on how to research the law firms and figure out the interviewers because that's a really important thing when you're going into one of these law... Trust me, I had to do it. Everyone has to do it. You got to stalk them. Yep. Angela became an OCI interviewing machine as a 2L when she landed seven big law interviews per day for four days straight during the Great Recession. And after being on the other side of the table for years as the interviewer of Summer Associates, she has developed a strategy for how to dominate these speed dating type interviews to create an essential impression and seal the deal in the room. So if you're curious about how to make the absolute most of OCI and land your dream job, check out ocibootcamp.com
1: this week before the flash sale ends. And we're back. So Samantha, I know that you did a diversity statement. I did not. I didn't really know much about it. Honestly, I'd love for you to tell me and the listeners what it is and, and why you do it and who should do it. We'll be right back.
0: Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers Audible.
1: Yes, Audible has been our go to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what?
0: We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime.
1: Speaking of thrillers, I know you're currently hooked on Never Lie by Frieda McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it?
0: Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday, and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go.
1: And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management.
0: What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing.
1: So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer.
0: Okay. So I kind of did my diversity statement as an add-on, you know, my LSAT wasn't like stellar. My GPA was good, but really, you know, you're, it's, it's a competitive, competitive world out there. Yeah. So, um, I am Latina, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I guess for anyone who doesn't know my backstory, I guess this is a good time to share that. Yeah. So my mom is from Peru Mm -hmm. and I basically grew up all around South America, had to live a very, I mean, I loved it. I loved learning about like all the cultures, Mm -hmm. you know, also seeing some of like the most horrific stuff, you know, like extreme poverty to the Mm -hmm. point, like it doesn't even exist in the United States, you know? So I, it just opened up my eyes a lot Mm -hmm. and it just... I think my experiences as a Latina has just made me extremely, I mean, it's honestly, it all ties in together, right? The Mm -hmm. reason I want to be a lawyer, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. So in my diversity statement, I pretty much shared that part of me. I Mm -hmm. told them that, you know, I'm a fluent Spanish speaker. I told them about how um, my diversity can help the school, you know, like being a different person than the people around
1: you usually. So, and yeah. well, I think by help the school, also help your peers, help the school to be a better place for l- learning and growing advocates mm-hmm. because different backgrounds, people have seen different parts of the world, people have seen different levels of the world of wealth and poverty. You learn a lot and you see a lot, and you can, you know, you, everyone has their different why.
0: Yeah. So I think that if you are a minority or if you have lived a life experience that makes you different, because it doesn't have to be about, you know, just being a minority, you know, just your ethnicity. Exactly. There's so much more that makes people diverse. And I would encourage you all to share that with your schools, because now more than ever, and even back in 2019 or 2018, when I was writing all this stuff, like diversity mattered. And Mm -hmm. I mean, We all knew that. So in schools are asking for diversity statements if you can provide one. Mm -hmm. So if you can, definitely look into that. And if you have any specific questions on how to write that, you can message me and I'll help you out.
1: What would you say to someone like me? Would you suggest writing one if I was interested in being a first generation lawyer or even a female?
0: I guess I just don't know enough. Right. I'm not like an admissions counselor. I feel like that would be a good question to ask admissions, Mm -hmm. Um, because I really, when I was looking up diversity, like what is a diversity statement? Yeah, a lot of it did have to do with like ethnicity and race, and you know that like being foreign, not being from the states. Okay, Um, but it it could you know like that could tie into it. It it could tie into it, and I'm sure there's people who have. Mm -hmm. I just
1: personally don't don't know. Me neither. I just thought I'd ask because you know. I know there's someone out there in the room, just like me, thinking that same question, right? Well, I mean, just
0: to talk about statistics, (laughs) you know, we had Jazz Talks Law on here and, you know, we were talking about how 5% of lawyers are black. Mm -hmm. Well, then you look at all of the, everybody, right? And then you look at how many women are lawyers and it's not that many. Yeah. And then you look at, let's say, black women, Latino women, like it's, so it's, it's like it's 5%. Literally thousands in the States, like, like literally capped at like 15,000 for, to put it in perspective yeah. of how many are out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So being a woman in the legal field, I do think that you could probably write a diversity statement based on that. Yeah. But also, you can target specific schools. Mm-hmm. Some schools are going to have more males than
1: females, mm-hmm. and you could really push that. Um, I could really add this to your school. Mm-hmm. A completely different mindset. I've come from this, and I've experienced these things as a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so, too. Because
0: at the end of the day, right, guys, Like, if you're a woman listening listening to this we are part of like a very small amount of people that get mm. to do law school, that get to be in the legal field, who yeah. get to be in the courtroom. Right. Yeah. So I think it's something to be said, right. Absolutely. It's just, it's, it makes me really happy that we can have this podcast and, you know, encourage you guys to apply to law school and get more women out here with us. You yeah, know, absolutely.
1: And more Latina and black women and, in- people who are foreign from all over, right? Like it it brings that culture that you talked about into the classroom, into the courtroom that we need because people like to talk to people where they feel comfortable and that's different for everybody. And some people have a way of making other people feel really comfortable. And it's usually when they look like you and talk like you and act like you, you feel more comfortable. So with all that being said, I think I think I could, if I were to go back, I'm, I might write a little diversity statement.
0: Hey, right. I mean, if you guys are playing to schools right now and you write a diversity statement about being a badass woman, like, please let us know. Yep. Some RBG energy. Seriously, guys, like, that is the energy that you need to, like, when you're preparing all your stuff for application season. Mm-hmm. Channel that. Yeah. Channel that when you're writing your personal statement. Yeah. Channel that when you're writing your diversity statement, if you're going to write one. Yeah. Channel like talking to these people and professors so they know that you have that good energy to be a lo- like, you know what I mean? If you
1: exude that RBG energy. They're like, dang, this girl's got to go to law school because she's going to change the world. That's what you want to exude. So, with all that being said, put that energy into your application package. And so when you get done with that, though, Samantha, when do you turn it in?
0: <laughs> so what I remember, because I honestly <laughs> applying is like it feels like so long ago. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Don't we upload everything into like a portal oh, yeah, LSAC, right? Yeah. Everything's in there. Uh-huh. And then we just like click on the schools and then like it, it populates. Yeah. Okay. Okay cuz I was thinking like thinking back I'm like how did I like submit all this stuff. Yeah. Um you can submit things as you go. Yeah. Um so you can basically apply to a school as early and as, you can. as early as you can and not even have your letter of recommendation submitted yeah. and they'll just basically put a hold on you, right? And not look at your uh application until it's complete. But um sometimes they will look at it even yeah. if it's not complete. Um I didn't have that experience, but I do know that they do it.
1: Yeah. I would definitely say the earlier, the better though. I know I've recommended that to all my seniors out there who are applying senior going to be a senior in undergrad. Um, as soon as that application opens and you have your stuff ready to go, send it in because the earlier, the better the schools can take more ride, wide range of scores. And once they give up that score place to someone, then you could have lost your chance. So with all that being said, Don't procrastinate. Yes, definitely. Okay.
0: Honestly, guys, it's the summer. If you're listening right now and you're a senior, you're going to be a senior in undergrad because I feel like a lot of you guys are kind of doing this straight through. Yeah. Um, You need to spend this summer getting all this stuff ready to go. Yep. Because if, if you can have it all set up and ready to go by August, because September is usually when um, the early admissions starts, mm-hmm. Um, that's ideal, guys. I mean, it's yeah. so stressful. And I'm telling you this from experience. It is so stressful to apply to a school when half of their seats are already filled because you waited until like, you know,
1: January or February to apply. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do as I say, not as I do. Am I right? (laughs) That's the whole point of this podcast, guys. I don't think you, (laughs) if you didn't know, it's just, yeah, it's just here for
0: you not to like do what we did at some points.
1: And not just do this on a whim. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Oh Well, guys, we hope that y'all are having a great summer and you're enjoying yourself. As always, please join our Facebook group. That's where we always chat and people are constantly asking questions from, is there a dress code to, you know, what cl- book should I buy? People are even exchanging books on there. It's freaking awesome. So make sure you join our Facebook group and like us on Facebook.
0: And of course, follow our Instagram. That's where we're most active. Um, like our Facebook page, obviously. And yeah, you know, stay safe. Have a great rest of your summer. We'll definitely talk again. I know that, you know, i I love these episodes that are just Haley and I because we really get to, you know, chat it up with you guys. Yeah. But
1: um, we'll have another one soon. Yeah. There'll be a few interviews for the rest of the summer, but we'll talk again soon, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.